the thing that's critical is understanding that having relationship relationships with other people does not diminish the love that you have for your primary or for for each individual partner Exciting! Yes, we'll be releasing this at the same time as the as the first episode. I would opening imagine, yeah. episode. So, so, if you've just finished episode one, welcome back. <laughs> Hope you had a little break before returning to to our uh, I don't know dulcet tones. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, but yeah, this is where we're going to start actually talking about some stuff. So it's going to be yeah. less about us and more about polyamory yeah um per well, se today it's, it's going to be all about jealousy and we wanted to kind of discuss this topic pretty early on because yeah. it's a big one i feel like when people think about polyamory the next thing they talk about is is jealousy yeah um we'll probably address this many 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 times over the course of however long this podcast lasts for and i'm pretty sure there were undertones of that conversation in the first episode too 100 so, yeah all good um, it's certainly the the thing that people, like you say, um, will come come to you right away and be like, "Don't you get jealous? Do you, you know? Do you?" Um, well, yeah, I think inherently yeah. when you introduce someone else or you're dating other people in a relationship, people want to ask about how you manage that particular emotion when your partner is dating someone else or you're dating someone else, and and how that all works. So it is quite interesting. Yeah. And, we could talk about it for hours. But before we do, I believe you have a, a little anecdote for us. Oh, yeah, before we get into it. Before we get into it. I do, I do. I have um, a dating story, actually. Ooh, everyone loves dating Who stories. Who doesn't love dating story? So basically, I think I'll just keep it short and simple, but there was this person that I knew from one of my previous jobs. What shall we What shall we call him? Ian. I like I like Ian. Okay, Ian. And I also like the idea that you can name my partners and I'll name yours. That's quite fun. Yes. That's a fun game. Yes, yes. That, 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 I like that. Okay, let's do, that. <laughs> let's do that. So, Ian. 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 I had known Ian from work and it, we kind of had, I felt like there was a, a flirty kind of vibe going on. Like I'd see this person around the office, we'd chat every time. I saw him or he would see me. He'd always like stop and we'd chat for like 20 minutes in the hallways. And I mean, you know, like maybe this person did this with everybody, but you also know when like there is somebody that you are kind of fancy or they kind of fancy you, like there is a vibe and I'm really big on trusting that sort of that vibe and that energy. So I definitely thought that there was some something going on mm-hmm. and he knew that I had a partner. Um, you'd been in the office once or twice. Maybe he saw you. Like it wasn't a secret that I – live with my boyfriend. So that was certainly something that I, you know, was not a secret. So I, one time at lunchtime, I was sitting with him and a group of other people and I dropped into conversation that my partner was going on a date and explained that like we were in an open relationship and and all that sort of thing. So I was really quite proud of myself when I walked away from that lunch because I was like, I've dropped it in there. Like (laughs) he knows. And he was very much like, oh yeah, I think that open relationships is the, you know, the way to go, really something to, to look at. And he was quite positive about that. So I thought that went really well. Fast forward, I no longer work there. He no longer works there. And uh, he kind of added me on LinkedIn, like very professional. (laughs) And so I, of course, used that platform to send him a message just to see how he's going, you know, like keep the vibe going. LinkedIn is the next <laughs> dating app. Let's <laughs> so many people using it. All these people in open relationships are using LinkedIn. Unprofessional. <laughs> so unprofessional. Well, you know, I had, didn't have him on any other socials and of course I'd had a look, but like I couldn't find him. And I just thought, you know, he's added me. So this is, a, yeah. it's, it's a natural sort of pause or sort of moment where he's added me. So, yeah, I'll message him, you know, like that makes sense. You know, like there's already been like, you know, an invitation extended in a, in a way. So mm. I thought that was fine. Message him, we were chatting. I ended up getting, uh, giving him my number and he's like, great, I'll message you straight away. So he messaged me, we were messaging on WhatsApp and then I didn't hear anything. 
which, you know, no problem, fine. Like, it's, we're just mates from work. Yeah. There's no really, there's no extra element there. But then he, like, didn't respond to me for a month. And, like, that's okay. But, you know, I thought, oh, that's a shame. Like, maybe there was something going on. Yeah. And that's kind of a bit disappointing when you think, like, you've been weighing, laying the groundwork. I felt I had been laying that groundwork, always be laying that groundwork as a side note. But I thought I did a pretty good job of that. There was definitely a vibe. And then after a whole calendar month, Richard, of not hearing from this person, he adds me on Instagram. Oh, yeah, of course. That that makes sense. And <laughs> I mean, this is the thing. I think if I was younger self, my younger self, I would have taken that as, oh, like you, don't, you haven't responded to my messages, but you've added me on Instagram. So you're still interested. You still want to talk to me. Mm. And now I just look at it and I think you don't need to add me on Instagram. Like we're not really in each other's lives mm-hmm. and you have a direct line to me in my phone number. It's a little bit like texting someone when they're already in the room. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what like, I mean? Like, dude, I'm right here. Just talk to me. Yeah, Don't exactly. Don't be like, yeah. yeah going for like some weird, like, yeah, just it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense at all. And I just think, you know, a lot of things sort of went through my head when that happened. I mean, very, very quick. I was like, okay, like I've been benched. Like he's keeping me interested by, yeah. or keeping me being, me maybe thinking there could be a possibility of something happening because he hasn't responded to me, but he's kind of dangled. Like, yeah. like I'm, I'm going to add you on Instagram now. And so then if I, and I didn't accept that because then he could monitor what I was up to, what I'm posting on my story, what I'm posting on my grid. And I didn't necessarily want that when he's got, in my opinion, the most important or the, like the highest form of contacting maybe somebody. We're just, maybe we're just old. <laughs> maybe I mean, maybe yeah. the way the way forward is uh dropping maybe. into people's Instagram DMs. <laughs> no, people do that, but like also I know younger the younger generation use like Snapchat. Oh my god. Which the is fine. Yeah. But no, I also I think, think no, no, like, no, no, young people don't use Snapchat anymore. I was literally told by a friend the other day that her sister had a two year relationship and all they did they only talked on Snapchat for the whole two years. Yeah, but like I thought they were using TikTok now. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm not allowed on TikTok because I'll get addicted. Is anyone but allowed on TikTok anymore? I don't know. But the point is, yeah. like you've got my phone number. You can WhatsApp me. Like you don't need to add me on Instagram when we haven't been on a date. We're not in each other's lives otherwise. Yeah. And I think that's like the if you're going to meet up with somebody or see like you exchange phone numbers, that's almost like on in online dating moving a conversation from the app to text that is the most, or from another platform to text, like that is an escalation in some way. So me having that number. Yeah. When you say drop me a message on WhatsApp, that's like, Oh, let's take it off the app. Super cool. So now, yeah, now we have like a more direct line of communication. We're no longer using this third party to communicate. And then the next step is organizing a date. Like that's usually what would happen. Right. It feels like that's the reverse. What he's done is the reverse. Yeah. Where it's like, we have a direct line of communication. Let's just take a step back. Let's go back 100%. to a third party. That's what platform. I felt like. Let's do that. And also with something like social media, you can then have a, a big, like see what people are doing in their lives and sort of monitor them. Mm. And then you can respond to stories like drip feed people. Yeah. And I think, and I'm not saying that this person did this to me, but it did make me think of something that I have experienced since we've opened our relationship. And it's very much that sometimes when someone finds out you're in an open relationship, they take that as an excuse to either treat you badly or to assume that you're not looking for genuine connections, which in our case isn't true. And I'm not saying that this person did that. Like it's probably just a case of this person's just not that into me. And Mm. like, that's fine. Like not everyone has to love me. I might not understand it, but yeah, they're like, (laughs) they're they're into you in so far as uh, they want to keep you, Close by, just mm. in case they mm. want a booty call. But Which that's not is, how yeah. things work for the vast majority of of uh, polyamorous relationships. Well, this Sorry, is the thing, bro. and I think like, and that's probably something. Maybe he heard that, and I was really proud of myself, like dropping mm. it into conversation at lunch. But maybe he heard that and took that as an opportunity to treat me, you know, subhuman. Well. <laughs> 
Yeah, I like mean less like less of a person. Well, just not wanting, yeah, just not thinking that I then require the respect and the diligence that someone who's single or looking for monogamy is. And just emotional respect, I guess. Yeah. Is the term I would use. So, you know, I think if I was younger in in summation, if I was <laughs> younger, I think I would have let him follow me and would have maybe responded to him to his stories, tried to get his attention, but I'm not that into that. I'm not into that anymore. Like it's a shame because he's cute, but I also just think, you know, maybe he's just not that into me and we're not really aligned on, on what we're yeah. looking for. So, yeah. Um, yeah, and that that has been a, uh, a, a an oral essay by Siobhan Cano. <laughs> Don't bench people. <laughs> no benching. That's um, my rant but for I mean, the day. Uh, if I can just uh, offer a sort of afterward, afterward, um, to your um, to your essay, uh, it would be that I'm also I've also had a similar experience recently, but mm. it wasn't quite as clear cut as yours. Oh, oh, oh! Let me name her. Um, How do you know it's a her? I haven't said it's. I a can her see yet. our show notes, babe. <laughs> yeah, but they don't know that. They don't know we okay, show notes. It's a her, guys. Um, whenever you're Apologies. listening to the podcast, um, <laughs> they've probably got show notes in front of them to remind them of what the hell we're talking about today. <laughs> uh, it is a her. Okay, can I name, can I name her? Sure. Uh, Victoria. Victoria. Go forth. Okay. Victoria and Ian. Maybe <laughs> they deserve each other. <laughs> Uh, no, yeah, no, it was um, someone I just met randomly in a, in a cafe and was just chatting away. They're also a parent, which we connected on. And, mm. um, yeah, it was uh, like we, we met up once. We had one coffee date and we went to a, an art gallery. Um, it was great. You know, went really well. We talked about everything I'm interested in. So it was great. <laughs> and afterwards, she said something along the lines of, it's really nice to talk to someone. You know, I feel like I'm just so on, you know, so connected and on the same page about things. It was so good. We had a big hug, and it was kind of like one of those dates where you don't actually know if it's a date or not until until later. And the mm. text conversation that followed very much confirmed that it was a date. Always so, nice when that happens. Yeah, it, yeah. It, was, it was nice. Anyway, that was about three weeks ago now and i have not heard from victoria have you been texting each other at all or did you sort of send a follow-up text saying like hey it was really great to meet you today or i've sent a couple of messages to her being like because i know she mentioned that she got really busy Hmm. which is fair but I, i hate it when people kind of always use oh i'm really busy as an excuse because mm. it's like so am i <laughs> we're all busy mate we're all busy yeah it's true you must have some you, she must have had some social life in the last three weeks right and i and, and it's just it's just weird yeah. it's weird to go from someone being like oh yeah i really enjoyed that it was that was amazing like and and i'm like not just in a generic way but actually say something like it's so nice to connect with someone on a deeper level and then just almost disappear. Well, it fe- felt really genuine. Yeah. 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 I mean, but like you wouldn't use those words if you were, you'd be much more generic about it, I think, yeah, if you true. weren't being genuine. And um, and we had like a really long message conversation mm. afterwards that evening. And, um, and I'm not over here um, judging this person or critiquing them uh, in any kind of vicious way <laughs> at all. <laughs> I'm literally just stating how it feels and how it's confusing well it's disappointing isn't it and i think i mean i will say that this person is a parent so stuff comes up i totally get that so am i yeah that's right like (laughs) and things aren't as simple and things do come up when you do like things that you are more out of your control when you have Mm -hmm. a tiny human to look after and i mean where we are we do that too so of course this person is going to get sympathy from us Mm -hmm. However, I do think that people saying that they're super busy, I know, like, yeah, okay, this is London, like, everyone's super busy. There's yeah. 8 million people running around like headless chickens well, every day. 13 million in the week, apparently. Yeah. So, <laughs> so it, we are all busy, and I think there's a degree to which you can accept that as an excuse and say, yeah, okay, I get it, stuff happens. Mm-hmm. Like, I've had to reschedule dates for the same person multiple times until we were both free. Like, that's yeah. completely normal yeah. in a big city. But I do think that 
after a lot of radio silence and after a lot of time, it becomes clear that that's not – you're not busy. You're just like – can't be bothered you just or don't, you don't really want to care see that them. much yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah and that is disappointing when you had a nice time yeah and but i think the other thing that's kind of makes it difficult to decipher what's going on is those two messages that i sent i got replies from mm. from her mm. it was very much a sort of i mean just a reiteration of oh i'm busy um in more words mm. um but they were perfectly polite and it was perfectly you know, socially acceptable response, I guess. So it's kind of like, okay, so you're still busy. Okay, great. Um, I've been busy too. Um, I've got a lot of work to do at the moment. Um, like, what makes you so special sort of thing? Mm. And and maybe they are just overwhelmingly busy. They've got no time for themselves. Maybe. Sometimes people get like that. But I just find it hard to believe that that, that that is like a real reason um, mm. for, for most people. Like it's just. Well, this is the thing. And I also think that if you're genuinely that busy, then you probably don't have time to date. So yeah, true. That, that's how it is. True. But it's a shame. But, you know. It is what it is. Keep updated. This you is never just know. one of many experiences that everyone, I'm sure, has oh, yeah. all the time. And you kind of, you mull it over in your head and you're kind of just like, okay. I think at the end, the end of the day, I would kind of my conclusion is that this person just isn't right for me if that's how they are and that's yeah. and, that, and that's fine like it's just it's just not meant to happen and and you just move on and um and I would I think that's a, a um a great sort of way of dealing with these things that's true you know? can I ask you was she poly did she tell you that she was poly or no um so that that was that was quite interesting as well and, the, and maybe that was a had a role to play mm. was she 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 said to me that she worked it out <laughs> because I'd been speaking about you oh um so she knew I was in a in a in a relationship and then I later on uh revealed that I revealed that that you know I'm into her and um but right. I have but I do have a partner right, right, right. and we we have an open relationship and and, and she was like I figured that. I figured was that, that after the date? That was after the quote unquote date. The the date non date. Oh, see, that's interesting. I didn't know that. If that's the case, yeah. then maybe she's gone back and thought about it. And a lot of people, if they haven't experienced, you know, one of our species. I'm joking. <laughs> uh, like uh, someone who's in an open relationship. One of our breed. Yeah. <laughs> or who's poly. If they don't understand it, maybe they maybe she just was like, oh, it's not for me. I'm not going to do it. I think that is a yeah. very likely. Uh, situation totally but, but like if you're listening and you're one of those people that maybe this has happened to or you're a monogamous person and this happens to you just say yeah don't skirt around it and say you're busy just say so oh, i'm sorry i'm just not really like okay with the poly thing we're not going to be like oh well that's just discriminating against poly people like that's not a, really a thing yeah really i don't think so i mean i don't feel like i've been i mean not in any kind of interpersonal way I feel no. like I feel like I've maybe been over questioned or I've had to defend my position on like when it hasn't been warranted mm. or I shouldn't have to do that. Mm. But but it's certainly not like if someone was to say, oh, I'm just not, you know, not, not about that. I'd well, be like, OK, cool. It's just like if you were to go on a date with somebody and they said to you, oh, I'm just not really, like, you know, I just I'm 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 monogamous. Mm-hmm. You would say to them okay, cool, I'm just not, not really into the monogamy thing. It's the exact same conversation. Or, or if they were to say um, that they like they wanted to have an affair. I mean, this is slightly different because there's kind of... Um, there's Well, there's ethical considerations There's ethical there. considerations yeah. there. And so I, but I would be like, I'm sorry, I'm not, I'm not about that. And they're, not gonna, they're probably not going to turn around and be like, oh, how dare you? How dare you not have an affair with <laughs> yeah, me? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, oh, exactly. It so, is, there, as I say, there is a difference there because it's... The, there is some um, deception happening and it's, like Absolutely. Say, it's unethical. But and I think, you know, if you have been on a date with somebody, in my opinion, like you don't have to call them and say you're not going to see them again. But mm. if you have met a person, I, I think that it's polite, nice mm. to yeah. just send a message and explain why you're not going to see them again. Yeah. And to be honest, I think we should normalise in any relationship, we should normalise 
being able to turn around and say, hey, sorry, I'm just not that into you. In like a non-personal way, you've yeah. done, done nothing wrong. I'm not saying, oh, I'm not into you because you're a weirdo. You're saying, I'm not that into you because I'm just not that into you. Yeah. You know what I mean? And also, There's frankly, nothing wrong with that. You, no, not every, everybody isn't into everybody. Yeah, and, <laughs> and can I just say, frankly, I don't want everybody to be into me because oh God, a lot of people have bad taste. So... You know, well, if they're into you, they wouldn't have bad taste. No, but that's the point I'm making. That's what's funny about it. <laughs> yeah, I don't want. I don't want everyone to be not to be into me because those people have bad taste. And if those bad taste people are into me, then what does that mean about me? Then it means so, I have to go and shop for ugly ornaments because they're into that <laughs> bad taste. Because that's the way I was taking it. <laughs> I have bad taste in movies, so now I have to. <laughs> sit through some shit films. I mean, I, I've heard that. It's a quote that someone said somewhere and I just think it's really funny. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. Anyway, shall we jump into today's topic? I suppose we should. Um, we've spoken about this for far too long. Um, <laughs> everyone's on the podcast, edge of their so seat. Like, what are they going to say about jealousy? Like, I don't about jealousy. Stop talking about this stupid Dating thing. Life. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, we are going to talk about jealousy because it's important and that's why we're here today. And yeah. it's up there with the number one topic that people mm-hmm. quiz us about or want to ask us about yeah. in our personal lives. Yeah. So, yeah. and also something that we had to do, I personally had to do a lot of work on mm-hmm. um, when we did open our relationship because I was feeling all sorts of emotions, including jealousy. Yeah. And that's not to say that I didn't have my work, to, you know, I didn't have my my issues with, with jealousy, like, mm. I, uh, but it was the way I was feeling it that I kind of had to change or, or kind of address. Um, whereas for you, it was, I mean, it was that and then some, right? It was, something. there was just a lot of other things mm. going on around jealousy as well. Mm-hmm. And critically, I think why I was feeling jealous was mm-hmm. linked to the issues of like self-worth and enoughness, which mm-hmm. we'll get into. Yeah. But if we, if you don't mind, I mean, the first point I would like to raise mm. is the, I, I mean, the, the thing that's critical is understanding that having relationship relationships with other people does not diminish the love that you have for your primary or for for each individual partner. Mm. There yeah. is no, so there isn't really no, <laughs> there's no such thing as like a ration book for love, you know the the human mind is capable of feeling so much more love um and, and any emotion than it's not finite i guess is the point i'm making yeah. it's not a finite thing so true i think and sort of related to this when people are asking us about jealousy they ask can you can you share your partner? You know, I don't really want to share my partner. How does that work? And it's exactly what you said. You know, we don't sit down at the beginning of the week and do our weekly budget and then pull out a different spreadsheet and go, okay, how much love are we going to divide up between our partners, our poly partners and, and each other? Yeah, like, babe, can you can you handle this 20% of my love this week? Because um, I've got to give it out to partner A and partner C. Yeah, and, and that's just not how it works. So... Yeah. Being able to really realise that your connection Mm -hmm. is unique. Mm -hmm. You know, every relationship that you have is completely different. The relationship that you and I have, the connection that we have is, I mean, emotionally, chemically, physically, you name it, is unique because we're two unique entities that come together. Mm -hmm. And if I tried to replicate that with someone who was similar to you, different from you, like it wouldn't be possible. And that's because we are so different and unique. Mm -hmm within ourselves and so inherently we're going to bring that uniqueness to a connection so that was really important for me you know realizing that first of all your love for me isn't going to change the love that we have is going to stay the same as in the amount if you can even quantify love like Mm. the amount of it isn't going to change and the way that we experience that love is so unique and different to yeah any other connection with any other human being. Yeah, well, th- I mean, that's that's something that I was going to bring up as well, is the idea that when you fall in love, like, it's always going to feel the same. Like, how, how, how often have you 
been in love, like in the past. I mean, I, I can think maybe two or three times mm. over, like properly in love. I mean, um, so my like, first relationship was like than, a teenage love. Yeah, exactly. But then a, more adult love twice. Yeah. Um. So how how you feel about love is is always oh, there's always a unique dynamic to it. There's always a unique, it feels a little bit different every time. I can honestly say out of those three times that I can think of right now, um, that, that I would consider kind of adult, mature love that's, you know, a bit more developed. Um, th- they've never felt the same. There's always been a new edge to it. There's always been a new uh, dynamic to it. So what's wrong with wanting to see if you can experience that again with, with more than one person? Like, that's that'd be amazing. Like, I, I, we haven't, I, I can safely say I haven't felt that within our open relationship yet. Um other than maybe on a platonic level, but even that, Oh, you I mean you haven't felt like a, a strong loving connection with a partner outside of our relationship. Yeah, not yeah. yet. Not yeah. yet. Not like not I mean, yeah, not not in any not in that way. Definitely not. And I mean, you're never gonna feel it the way that we have it. No, never. Never And, and that's that's I think probably and it is quite an abstract concept to describe to people when you're like, Okay, well, you know, your relationship and uniqueness and all these things, mm-hmm. which it's, it underpins how you, for me and for both of us, I can say how we manage those jealous feelings when they do come up. Mm-hmm. But trying to describe that to people is really difficult because they're trying to get past the idea of, well, if your partner's quote unquote betraying you or having relationships or sleeping with other people, you're going to, it's natural to feel jealous. It's mm-hmm. natural to mm. want to stop that. Because that that partner is your person, and trying to dismantle those really deep rooted mm-hmm. beliefs, however they've become part of your belief system, they're deep rooted usually, and strongly connected to how you see yourself. Uh, trying to yeah un- dismantle all of that to explain this concept can be kind of a challenging thing to do. Yeah, I mean that's but that. It's, I think it's even more uh, deep rooted is the term you use. I would say conditioned. Like we are conditioned to feel that way. We are because we, in the same way, we are conditioned to believe monogamy is the only way, which obviously it's not. We've discovered that, and as have as are more and more people. So in that sense, jealousy is a conditioned emotion. Not to say that we can't experience it in a natural way. And not, and also not to say that we shouldn't feel it in general. Yeah, we're human beings. We're going to feel it. You and I still feel it now. We just manage it in a different way. We acknowledge it without sort of nourishing it. Um, and that's kind of the way I first started to think about when I was thinking about polyamory was like, wait a minute, why, why, do, why am I jealous about the idea of my partner spending time with someone else in a sort of romantic way? doesn't need to be that way just because she's doing that or just because I'm doing that doesn't mean that she'll doesn't mean we should feel that jealousy so intensely because it's very intense for some people right and a part of that I think comes from the self-worth self-love like I think you need to before you can certainly before you can be non-monogamous you need to love yourself you need to be confident in yourself you need to have your your self-worth needs to come from within so the there's an irony there, right? To mm, yeah, like dealing with an externality or or an emotion that's caused by externalities like jealousy, you have to look inward. You have to look at your like within yourself, and um, and find that self worth from within rather than attributing it to partners or friends or whatever it is, right? Well, this is the thing. I think first of all the way that jealousy is portrayed in pop culture, it's like people are crazy. People do crazy things mm. or because of the love they have for this person. And, you know, it's, it's, it's in Shakespeare. It's in texts that predate that it's in modern texts. Like mm. it's everywhere. And I think, and this sort of links to my own quote unquote journey with, with jealousy is sort of realizing that the reason I was feeling so inherent, I so like, upset about things and so like caught up in my own emotions was because I was telling myself a story about where if you slept with somebody else were dating somebody else 
that that meant something about myself. I was telling myself stories about that I wasn't good enough or I wasn't a good enough partner for you. And these are all things that I was sort of telling myself about and, and providing myself with reasons for why you might want to sleep with other people or have relationships with other people. And so really I was – there's many things of what I was doing, but I was – comparing myself to other people I was comparing our connection with your connection with other people and I was collating all of that and aggregating that all in my mind to be like well that means that I'm not good enough that means that I'm not valuable that means that I'm not worth enough and it was a huge journey to be able to try and separate those things so what you were doing and who I am and my enoughness and what I'm what I'm good enough for is uh not related at all and trying to separate those things when as you say, I think that had been conditioned in me over time. Yeah, definitely, definitely. There's definitely conditioning at play here. The My question, I think, is sort of a question to myself and to you, is to what extent is that patriarchal? To what extent does it have the roots in, in a more patriarchal sense? Because... I think I th- I think the way you described it women feel feel it that way stronger not ne- not necessarily always but I think stronger than men do. I don't think m- like men feel wronged if they're cheated on by a, a woman. But they don't necessarily lose sort of self-worth in in that sense. Do you know what I, do you know where I'm going? I disagree. You disagree. I think that it is all patriarchy, definitely. But I think that men and women are impacted by it quite equally. I think, think, yeah, in 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 how it connects to self worth. I'm mm-hmm. not saying that like the patriarchy is better or worse for men or women. I don't think I'm qualified to make some kind of definitive call on that. It's much more complicated than that. Mm-hmm. But I do think that there's a lot about there's all sorts of pop culture tropes that are kind of coming to my head at this point, where it's like you know, the two women are pitted against each other to vie mm-hmm. for the man's attention. Obviously that's like yeah, patriarchal, trope, but yeah. there's also this idea of you should control your woman. Mm. If you don't, if you get cheated on by your woman, then you're not good enough. You couldn't control your woman. You weren't able to do the quote unquote manly thing and be the man of the house. And there's a lot of shame connected mm. to that too. Yep. And again, it's it's all from the same idea. It's all from this patriarchal structure that we've become to, to live in and to be conditioned by. Mm. I do think that it's tough as just as hard for men in different ways as it is for women. Mm. That's just my sort of yeah. thoughts. So do you think it's maybe it's fair to say they, they feel it equally? Maybe in slightly different ways. Oh, I think so, and I'm not. I'm not, and I think that everyone's experience is unique and mm-hmm. different. And I think that there's a lot of shame attached to someone leaving you, mm-hmm. or someone wanting to open your relationship, or date someone else. Like anything to do with when it comes to jealousy, I think there's a lot of stress, sadness. But I think on a deeper level, there's a lot of you feel really shameful and I think there's a bit of humiliation in that. You know, if you're feeling jealous um, because my partner's dating other people, my partner is sleeping with other people, uh, my partner went out to a, a restaurant that I love with someone else tonight mm. and I'm just jealous because I wanted to go on that date. Mm. Or, you know, if you're thinking about more monogamous style relationships, my partner and that co- co-worker are really close. My partner and his best friend from school is really close. And Mm -hmm. I think what it is about is when you feel that humiliation, that shame, you just want to protect yourself. Mm -hmm. And that's where I think jealousy can really show up or at least those emotions can show up as jealousy. I'm not a psychotherapist. I don't know. This is just all from my own experience. Yeah. And I just want to actually go back early on I actually was reflecting on this the other day when I told a friend of mine that we were in an open relationship and I hadn't seen her for like three years because of the pandemic and it came up do you remember when we first opened and you I was monogamous for the first six months and I like dated myself and as I mentioned last episode sort of did all that sort of stuff Mm -hmm. but you sort of started dating and exploring like quite early on 
do you remember? I didn't even want to know if it was a man or a woman. Oh, yeah. I totally forgot about that, you know. <laughs> and like <laughs> In the grand scheme of things, that's not that long ago. And I, I, I asked you to speak mm-hmm. in the they-them pronouns mm-hmm. to yeah, keep yeah, it as yeah. gender-neutral as possible. Yeah, yeah, do you yeah. remember that? Yeah. I mean, I think that's something I still kind of do. I mean, it's always a good idea to do that yeah. if you're not sure yeah. of someone's pronouns. Yeah, top tip of the day. <laughs> but do you remember that? Yeah. And what a weird concept to me now. I just was like, I don't want to know dick about these people. Mm-hmm. I don't want to know anything. Yeah. And, and I think I do was... Do you remember? Yeah, I do. And I remember saying something like, well, I want to know basically everything about them. Mm. And I think for me, that was much more of a, like a safety, a safety thing. But also, but there, once again, I think that there is, there is an element of that kind of traditional man, woman, like man being protective and kind of almost possessive sort of thing mm. over, over their woman in, I'm doing air quotes for obviously. Those of you watching jokes, we don't yeah, video we don't, it. Really <laughs> um, can you imagine if we just said for those watching and people are like, I want to watch. And they're <laughs> searching everywhere to watch us do just, this. Just like, it's like, no, we don't. And we don't plan to. No, because then I'd have to brush my hair and I wouldn't Because then we wouldn't that. be able to wear PJ. Then we wouldn't be able to sit here in our underwear and record. <laughs> you <wish>. um, <laughs> Maybe in the summer. There's in no the ventilation summer. in London yeah, homes. So we'll, guys, we'll give you a heads up. We'll maybe at the start of every episode, we'll just d- discuss our wardrobe choices for the recording. That would be cute. Yeah. Well, I've got my country road sweater on. Can I say, if we ever do, just a side note, if we ever do actually video this, I'm committed to wearing my pajamas in every one. You heard it here. First. I'm committed. I'm going to do it. I'm going to wear. A- I'm going to wear a tux, a different tux. I'm going to go rent a tux. <laughs> Every episode, and it'll just be, yeah, or maybe, or maybe I'll be like ver- varying degrees of undress. So like maybe I'll have one sock missing. <laughs> Sorry, what you was? What were you saying? What you the were hell saying, were we even talking about? I was saying about how I needed gender neutral language, and you said you wanted to know. And everything. I needed the opposite. Yeah, I just think that's interesting, isn't Cause, it? Because I mean, sort of full disclosure to li- to listeners. My gender identity isn't straightforward. It's pretty fluid. It's it's not. I wouldn't call it. I wouldn't call it particularly masculine all the time. Like, you know, I'm, I'm the kind of guy that likes to paint his nails. Do you know? Maybe put a bit of eyeliner on. You know. I'm constantly trying to convince you to put glitter on your face, but I yeah, haven't really well, got that far. I yet. don't like glitter for different reasons, because it's just it gets everywhere. And that's apparent in you. And then you're wearing it for mm. like. Six months, you find some in your, I don't know, crevices. <laughs> in the shower, the, sh- the bath is covered in glitter. Shiny, but mine is not always buffy. Um, I was trying to be discreet <laughs> about where you find it. Use your imagination. So, yeah, it's just, oh, it's just, just interesting that, like, even, even despite that, obviously, I have certain social conditioning that we're all party to, and being raised as a man means i do fall victim to some of those some of that some of that conditioning sometimes i say fall victim like i obviously have privilege too but sometimes it's there is a victim element in that it prevents you from being who you really want to be and and whatnot It, it sort of shames you into fulfilling certain stereotypes and I think also, you know, when there is someone that you care about that is going out and dating other people, whether it's a man or a woman, mm-hmm. um, you know, you want to make sure that I'm safe. Like women are yeah. less safe in this world. That was the more conscious aspect. Than men. And yeah. if you don't think that's the truth, well, then I can't help you. Yeah. Uh, that is just the fact of the matter. And mm. I think you're really cognizant of that. So you wanted to make sure if I was going out with another male presenting person mm-hmm. that, I was going to be safe mm-hmm. and that nothing was going to happen to me. So I think that's part of it too. Yeah. Um, where for me, it was very much comparing myself to, and it was women that you were dating. So at the time, so it was very much, I was comparing myself to these other women, you know, mm-hmm. I think what was easy for me at the time as well, was like, even before we opened our relationship, I knew that, you know, you weren't straight. So, and I also acknowledged that, because I am a person with a vagina, there are certain interactions, certain experiences that I just can't really create for you. And no idea what you're talking about. And like physically, but also just like emotionally, like there's different connections there. And I knew yeah. that. And 
I was really just thought maybe it's a good idea for you to be more involved in the queer community as well. So I was always open to the possibility of you having interactions with men or, mm-hmm. you know, male presenting people. And, but I thought, but because I'm, I'm a woman, you know, I don't really think you should have to look elsewhere for that because I can do it all. Mm-hmm. Ha ha ha. And I think when I was able to stop, com- so I, then I think inherently I'm, and maybe this is a conditioning thing too. I was comparing myself to other women. Yeah. Is she cuter than me? Is she skinnier than me? Is she prettier than me? Well, it goes back to what you, you know? said earlier about women being pitted against one another. I well, think, yeah. Yeah. I, I think, think so. And I think part of the, that reason is people kind of love a, a bit of a jealousy, gossipy, you know, dynamic. That they love to kind of pick it apart and kind of figure Literally. it out. And, you know, and that's something that we see, we've seen countless times in movies. And mm-hmm. count, and we see it countless times in the tabloid press. They're pretty bad for it. Mm-hmm. I mean, like... They literally monetize like, this emotion. Yeah. They, yeah. Well, yeah. Because no one loves, no one loves, like, who doesn't love a story about... Oh, so and so and so and so are dating, but mm-hmm. I think they're still interested in their ex. Whatever, mm-hmm. people love that. It's just interesting for some reason. I mean, I'm not going to pretend that I haven't been interested in that in the past, obviously. But it's just really interesting when you sit down and you unpack all of these things. Mm-hmm. And for me, like, so uh, when I eventually was okay with you using other pronouns other than they them to describe who you were dating. I remember the next thing, and this was a huge step for me. I remember the day I saw a photo of someone you were going on a date with for the first time. And I remember that took me months because I remember having to get to a point where if I saw a picture of a pretty attractive woman that I wasn't going to straight away say to myself, you're not as good as them. Mm -hmm. Richard is going to replace you you know, you're not pretty enough for Richard or you're not good enough for whatever it was. And that was a huge day for me. I remember we were walking home from the gym and you just showed me a picture. I said, I'm ready. And (laughs) I remember that day going to bed, literally feeling like I had achieved a huge step forward in my growth. So I think it, you know, I can point to my journey with jealousy and really just see that there's a number of different things that, you know, I can look at, you know, not needing particular pronouns and I could see pictures and now I'm like really relaxed about it. And I think my jealousy has really changed from it being all about myself and my self-worth. And I think I've done a lot of that work and worked through that. But now it's, it's still, of course, like as you mentioned earlier, we're humans. Like when people say, "Are you? Do you get jealous?" We're like, "Yeah, of course we do. We're humans. Like we feel the full range of human emotion, and jealousy is just one of those emotions that you can feel." Mm-hmm. And so, it's more for me a little bit now about, "Oh, I kind of want to do that experience," or "I want it." So it's a bit more superficial, a bit more less deep seated than it is about you know having this super like deep sort of mm-hmm. deep seated concern. If that makes sense. Yeah. So how. So how did you get there? How did you get there from? <laughs> well, many <laughs> breakdowns. No, I joke. Um, it really, I found in my experience, my how the reason I was comparing things, the root of my jealousy came from not what you were doing and, and the things that, you know, you dating other people or wanting to date other people. It was what, like the story I was telling myself about my jealousy. So if you were to see somebody else, I would say, oh, I'm not worthy enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not fun enough. What is wrong with me? Why does he want to see other people? And I had to move away from that. So it was a lot of internal work that I had to do about where I got my self-worth from. And I realized in that process that in all of my relationships, all of my monogamous relationships up until that point, I had directly related my self-worth to what my partner was doing. I also have was doing that in friendships and family relationships, you name it, all of the relationships that I had had up until that point, there was that sort of pattern that I had noticed. And it was a really sad time for me because I realized I'd kind of been torturing myself about this sort of this self-worth stuff and where I was getting my relation, my, uh, where I was getting my self-worth from was all external. And I realized that that behavior wasn't very healthy. You know, I do think that life will force you to grow in some ways. It is 
you know, you're going to have to grow. And if you don't do it, life's going to throw you a curveball, challenge you and make you grow. And that is certainly what happened to me. Mm-hmm. So, yes. So when we, were, we opened our relationship, I didn't date for the first six months. Mm-hmm. Other people. I dated myself, which sounds yeah. so corny, but like it's exactly what I did. And I, I sat with myself, tried to feel uncomfortable and tried to learn about myself. I wasn't going to just start dating someone because you were. I wasn't mm-hmm. going to quote unquote revenge date. Is that even a term? Like I've just started using it. I think it's something that can certainly apply to polyamorous relationships. Revenge like, dating, right? Yeah. yeah. Where, but this is where polyamory isn't really being done ethically. Yeah. Because revenge dating is completely unethical. Well, I could so. just like, I could have just, you know, you started, could have started dating someone. I could have just fired up a dating app, found the hottest person I could find and go on a date with them just because I wanted to make you jealous. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that would be a really hard feat because I, you're like the least jealous person I know. So I don't know where that would have necessarily worked very well. I don't think I would have got the desired outcome per se, but yeah, it's just like, it was a long journey, but really every time I feel jealous, I just sort of come back to asking myself, what story am I telling myself? What are my beliefs? What belief is coming up? Why am I feeling sort of triggered or uncomfortable about this? And I have to do that less and less at the beginning. I really had to do it actively, but now I can do that less and less and feel genuinely comfortable and not at all concerned or jealous or anything other than happiness for you when you go on a date. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that feels really good now. Yeah. And I think just to reiterate something I said earlier, I do think it starts with acknowledgement, like acknowledging the fact you're feeling jealous and rather than allowing it to run rampant or nourish it as, as the word I used reflect on it like acknowledge it figure out think ask yourself why why am I feeling this way and then reflect on the reality of the situation don't don't like you said don't tell don't go with the story that your brain sort of almost automatically tells you right actually unravel that a little bit more and figure out what's behind that that fake story you know kind of kind of like when you're <laughs> critically reviewing a tabloid article about something <laughs> like rather than being like oh yeah that's exactly what happened you don't do that most people don't do that most people know it's rubbish it's the same sort of thing like think about your subconscious as like a tabloid newspaper it's, it doesn't tell you the full story it's not the first it's not the first story that counts it's the second story that you you've kind of uh, that you've you've actively written yourself for yourself like you you're actually thinking oh no yeah no rich isn't gonna or whatever whoever <laughs> <laughs> they're not gonna leave me for this person because that's not what the point of what they're doing is that like just because i'm I, like i'm telling myself that i matter less because because they're out with out with the me and m partner or out on a date or whatever that that's not where my self-worth comes from that doesn't mean i'm any less that doesn't mean that i mean any less to them because we make those assumptions those are those are the assumptions and that they cat well most of the time the vast majority of the time certainly in ethical non-monogamy that's just not going to be the case yeah and i just want to make it clear as well that this process for me was triggered by us opening our relationship but when I looked at it deeper, I realized I was sort of, this was a, was a pattern of behavior throughout my entire life. And that this was just a trigger that helped me or forced me in some ways to make that change. And I'm confident that if it wasn't this, it would have been something else that had come up around the same time that would have made me quote unquote, fix this and work on this. And I'm in a better place with all of my relationships for having having acknowledged that. Mm. So that feels really good. And this was just life's way of forcing me to do some work on myself that I had been trying to avoid for a long time, I think. So And in the way in, and in the way that it helped me become, you know, well, explore who I really was in, in, in lots of different ways. There there was you can kind of see a transformation in the way I was within our in our within our relationship. Um we were I would say we became closer. I became more kind of more dedicated and more 
just more about you, you know, in a weird way, you kind of being open to the idea of being open <laughs> um, allowed me to actually kind of just focus all my energy on on you at first. And, and, and to this day, I think that that's something that's carried on. I mean, I hope so. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. I feel it has. Yeah. Um, and for you, it allowed you to confront a lot of these unhealthy ideas that, you know, through no fault of your own, you had, you had about yourself. And, um, it certainly was just a beautiful thing to watch happen. Mm, you know? Thanks, Ben. That's cute. You're welcome. Um, it's, yeah, <laughs> I think when people say, how can this possibly have brought you closer? Well, this episode is kind of the answer to that really, isn't it? It's yeah. you being able to be yourself and me working out some emotional st- and like physical baggage that I had and you supporting me and me supporting you and having to communicate all about all these emotions over a period of months and months and months. Mm -hmm. And that is, I think by nature going to bring people closer together. So yeah. And also, but just, just to finish that off, sorry. Um, Also it's almost like becoming more confident and secure in yourself and your own personal identity as an, as an independent entity allows you to feel the same way, secure and uh, secure and, uh, confident inside your relationship and ships relationships um relationship and or ships i should say um <laughs> it's either a solo or it's an entire fleet yeah <laughs> um maybe just a small you know group of fishing vessels um <laughs> what is it with the stupid analogies <laughs> oh um, we're going to have to throw one of those in everywhere. Stupid analogy. It'd be rude not to. Yeah, it? yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's almost like, yeah, that it makes you secure in every way possible. Yeah. You've got to start with yourself. Like when you know when people say, oh, you know, you've got to love yourself before you can be in relationships. Yeah, or really you've cheesy, got to, you know, be aware of yourself and be a whole person before mm-hmm. you can. Well, this that is literally what happened to me I was already in a relationship but you know I mean in many ways our relationship our monogamous relationship ended and our polyamorous one started and it is a completely different relationship in many ways and I had to grow within that and yeah I feel like because of that growth my friendships have improved my relationships with my ENM partners are great and yeah like all of my relationships have improved so that's great really isn't it Yay. Yay. <laughs> so. Go us. <laughs> Go everyone else that's having, going through those similar journeys. Yeah. It's a toughie. It is, it is the, it's one of the hardest journeys you can go on. The one, oh and ironically, God. it's one that you don't even have to lift your feet to do. So but tough. it is, um, it is really the most fulfilling. Yeah. I feel so fulfilled. It's just, it was so challenging and also it's not like I'm, I've completed the never feeling, not feeling jealousy, emotional degree and I'm going to move on. Like, you know, this is something that growth is for life and cultivating those tools to do that is super important, right? Yeah. And this is it. It's not about getting rid of jealousy altogether. It's about, it's about not letting jealousy control you and um, just, just sort of accepting that it's an inevitability. You're going to feel jealous at some point. And then as soon as you do that, you can, you can, deal with it more in a more healthy way literally so. you can't turn off human emotion so don't try don't yeah. beat yourself up every time you feel jealous just yeah exactly work with it yeah yeah just yeah <laughs> just just do that Simple guys. it's easy Super guys easy. come on yeah <laughs> despite everything we've just said it's easy just do it wait can so i say that do. can i say that <laughs> <laughs> so do anyway. shall we do our question of the week Yes, time. It is time for question of the week. Time question of the week. <laughs> question of the week. <laughs> we're gonna have to come up with a jingle for it. Would point. you like to read the question we're, this week? We're gonna read it together. We, this, uh, we accidentally. I wasn't did it into last that time. last time. You weren't into no, it. No, I think it should, it's too much. You should do it. I'll do it next time. Go on. Disappointed. Okay, so the question of the week is: Why aren't you enough for them? Them being your primary partner, presumably, yeah. or a monogamous partner. Maybe you're transitioning, transitioning like we did mm-hmm. uh, to an open relationship. Yeah. I mean, this is a classic, isn't it? Oh, big time. Because I think 
just with monogamy in general, there is an idea that has developed over time where you're supposed to be the you know a kind of one stop shop for your partner. Someone's everything. Yeah. yeah. And like people even say that like you're my everything. And that's like you know cool if if you have that like live your truth, power to you. That's fantastic, but that's not one of the principles of ethical non-monogamy. Mm-hmm. I think when someone asks you but why aren't you enough for them? I think that in that question, there's a clue there that they fundamentally misunderstood a key concept in polyamory. Mm. And that is that, well, you don't in, in, and in my journey, the way that I see it as well is we are all by design as human beings. We are enough. Mm -hmm. You don't have to do anything to be enough because you are just by existing like you exist as long as you exist you are enough Mm -hmm. and again super vague sort of concept but I think there's a lot of power in that once you really believe that that you don't need to be anything more than yourself for your partner or partners depending on what situation you're in that can be sort of really freeing yeah um just to rewind back to the the you know how I was saying people will literally say you are my everything mm. and the idea behind that is is to is to be the response the desired response is oh so sweet my response to that is what like i i can't do that i can't be your everything <laughs> That's a lot of pressure <laughs> what, what the you, you don't have anything else in your life at all <laughs> shit <laughs> what am i going to do i can't leave your side anymore like it's to me that isn't actually a healthy no. way to no. view your partner. First of all, it's it's unhealthy for you. You need to you need to have externalities other than a partner, or even you know aspects of your own being that you derive joy from. You can't get it from from your partner. You can't even get it from one person. Full stop. Two, it's unfair on your partner because like what kind of expectation is that how it's can you lot. be someone's ever it's just too much it's, a lot. it's too much and people and this is i th- honestly i think people can just break under that kind of pressure <laughs> and that if they break your relationship breaks and or, or that's how the relationship breaks down over time or, or whatever it may be it's just not a it's certainly not a, a concept i'm comfortable with no and so i think being when people say why aren't you enough for them i feel like there's almost the word enough is can be almost replaced by the word why aren't you everything for them do you know what yeah, i mean yeah that's a good way of looking at it cuz like ultimately you and i as much as we have in common we also have our differences we also have needs that the other person can't necessarily uh fulfill and I know some people might be listening to that and thinking, "Oh, so you're saying that they're not—they're not the best person in the world. They're not—you know—they're not your favorite person." It's like, if you truly believe that one person can fulfill every single one of your needs, I wish I was you because I wish I had so few needs. <laughs> like, like, yeah. And that's not an attack on you personally, listener. It's just—it's just. It's just Really think about it. Like, can one person really fulfill your needs? No. You have. You also have friends, right? And for some people, those friends are where they where they get all those other needs fulfilled. But for people who are polyamorous by orientation, something that we went over in the first episode, their their needs are different to yours. Their needs are. I want to. I I I have the need to explore myself through other romantic relationships yeah. that are kind of a bit more platonic. We also have platonic relationships too. I don't want to give people the idea that I'm out here, I don't have any friends, I've only got partners, because that's not how it works. <laughs> platonic relationships are also incredibly important, as is platonic love. So that, I mean, that's my point, I guess. My point is that, like, the question is slightly loaded. It kind of assumes certain things. Yeah, and I think this question comes from people asking well, you know, why does your partner, partners need more than one romantic connection in their life? Like, why don't, why is that, why are you not enough for them to Mm -hmm. fulfill all those romantic needs? And I think the first thing is that, you know, 
whether you're in a monogamous relationship where you only do have one romantic connection or you're in a polyamorous relationship of some sort where you have more than one physical or emotional or both romantic connection, I think to do either of those things healthily is to have multiple meaningful relationships. In monogamy, it'll be one romantic relationship with lots of other partner uh, friends or family members that you derive all of your support and that get your needs fulfilled from from if you're looking for you know externally from those people if you're in a polyamorous situation then there'll be multiple romantic partners but you should also then have friends and family members if mm-hmm. you know you get on with your family whatever <laughs> and have you know maybe work connections and have multiple different connections no one person whether you're monogamous or not, or polyamorous or not, should be having should have one relationship that is the center of everything. Mm-hmm. There is this brilliant video. I think it's a TED talk. I'm not sure. It's on YouTube though. And basically, this person talks about your life as a puzzle and how your romantic relationship or ships should only be one piece of that whole puzzle. Mm-hmm. If that person is the center of everything for you, and if you lifted that piece out, the whole puzzle would collapse. That's not actually a healthy way of living, regardless of what relationship style you're in. So this idea of them being you being enough for them or them being enough for you, well, it should only be one piece of the puzzle. Your whole Mm. life shouldn't fall apart in terms of your self-worth, your enoughness, if you remove that romantic relationship. And that's really critical for me when answering this question. Yeah. Um, So I guess what you're saying is, well, your puzzle should be more than a three by three, right? (laughs) It should be more than just three by three. Otherwise, well, everyone's puzzle looks different. It's just that. <laughs> yeah, but if you take the one piece out of the three by three, then it probably will fall apart. <laughs> well, yes. I mean, no. Obviously, like at the end of the day, we are. I think we are. We're talking saying about, the same thing. We're talking about a, com- a complex, a complex. We're pointing out that your life is a puzzle with like hundreds of pieces. Mm, That's kind of the point. Exactly. Yeah. But um. Yeah, I mean, another thing I I, I kind of want to point out about this question is, you know, well, put it this way, Siobhan, how many friends do you have? Fair few. Yeah. Why? Why isn't one friend enough for you? <laughs> See, it's funny when someone asks you that, you laugh, right? You're yeah. one friend. Because there is this... Because, like, like, that is often... The, the the fuller question is kind of why isn't why aren't you um, enough love for for or, or kind of enough of enough romance for 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 him or them or what whatever and I find that really funny because it's like well we don't all just have one friend sometimes we need well we well, we all need different friends friends. for different reasons we don't expect that like just one friend to fulfill all of the platonic needs that that we have that we need and that we do have so i could i feel like that's a fair application of that concept i don't think some people might think that's a bit of of a false equivalency i don't see it that way at all i don't think it is either because it's 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 all it's all personal it's all it's all different for every every person and and as as we discussed in episode one the dynamics are different you know people's orientations are different and in my case i am more oriented in a poly way so for me romantic relationships work in not dissimilar ways to the way friendships do um so i think i think that's a lot of poly people like that i think they can appreciate that yeah, I would yeah. say so. I think we have uh, answer the question? answered that pretty well. But if we didn't, then do get get in touch with us. Or um, you know, just share your experience with us. Like we'd love yeah. to read some questions, uh, answers to some questions out. If you've got a real pearl of wisdom that you want to yeah. share with us, yeah. uh, you hot know, takes. hot takes, dating stories, even cold takes. Yeah, yeah. We'll take I love a cold take. Just like. Yeah, like Freddie Mercury was a great singer. Yeah, we're into those cold, cold takes take, too. Cold take, yeah. yeah cold take. <laughs> Freezing take. Freezing cold take. Um, but yeah, please definitely get in touch with us. You can email us at podcastthepoly at gmail.com. No fancy 
domain names for us. Nope. You can find us on the internet at our website. The World Wide Web. The, word, the World Wide Web. Uh, the-poly-podcast.captivate.fm. You'll, we'll link this as well so you won't have to type that out. And please subscribe, rate and review wherever you listen to podcasts. Share it with a friend. Just tap five stars. It'll mean the world to us. Uh, you can find us on socials as well. Yeah, if none of that's for you then, uh, <laughs> and you're a young person um, <laughs> who uses social media. This thing called social media. Uh, you can find us on uh, the rather antiquated Twitter and, <laughs> and Instagram, which is a little bit hipper. I guess. Is that a bit hipper? Don't well, know. I don't know. Doesn't really matter. Um, you can find us on there at poly underscore podcast. Same for both. Same for both. Just because so everything else is quite complicated. The yeah. email on the website. So we're just like, oh, you know, we'll keep the socials yeah. simple. Yeah. And we're on MySpace. <laughs> find us on Bebo. <laughs> oh my God, Bebo. <laughs> what a throwback. Oh, oh. So many people are like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, yeah. Do get in touch with any questions and stuff. I, I will say that we'll we, we want to mix up kind of our finishes a little bit in the future. Um, do some games, do some slightly different things, and um, any thoughts, any ideas? But but eventually, we're probably going to run out of questions that we can think of <laughs> off the top of our heads. So if you listen to our answers to those questions, and maybe there's like an intricacy that you weren't quite clear on, or you feel we just did a really shit job of answering a question. Then please send us a question. Do, I mean, we want feedback too. Constructive <laughs> feedback, please. Um, abuse will be thrown in the trash. Or read out loud on this podcast for fun. Or yeah, or read out yeah. You you will be trashed is what I meant to say. You will you will get trashed. Yeah, we'll just on the call podcast. it fan mail in journalism. That's what we used to call it. We used yeah. to say, "I've got fan mail, guys," and it was like someone yeah. abusing you for an article that you wrote. So we can always try bag. that. Yeah, mailbag. Yeah, mail yeah. That'd be fun. That'd be fun. Right, do it. All right, go well, and do it now. Do it now. Yeah. We'll see you next week. See oh, you next time. Next time. See you next time, everybody. See you in, yeah, soon. Not sure when. See you in an undisclosed amount of time, probably in about a fortnight. Okay. That sounds good right. to me. Okay. Bye. Bye. Bye.